So a couple weeks ago, or actually last week, we started this sermon series, Unhurried. We started talking about uh, how rushed we can be in life. And we were talking about it, and we started, I could sense it as we were talking after the sermon, how we'd put our finger on something that many of us uh, wrestle with. And it was interesting, some of the conversations that I have had this week coming out of that sermon, out of that conversation that we had. I had people coming up after the sermon and throughout the week saying, Jason, what you were saying and, and what Jesus was saying in Matthew's gospel was something I needed to hear because I've been too busy and I feel like I'm overwhelmed. But it's interesting, I had other people come up to me and say, you know, Jason, like, what do I do? Because I like being busy, I like working, I like being active. You know, does this mean like there's something wrong with me or does this mean I'm hopeless? And it was interesting, as I was thinking about listening to different stories and listening to this text, and, you know, one thing I wanted to, to keep saying and that I wanted, was trying to say a bit last week, too, is that, you know, God has created us differently. He's wired some of us to be, to move slower and to be more thoughtful and to be more reflective. He moves some of us to be very active and to get lots of things done. And as I was thinking about it some, I'm grateful that he's made us this different. You know that some of you can be really active. Some of you can get a lot done. And it feels like the right balance for you. Some of us, we overdo it though. We overdo it and we tend to do too much to the point that we're overwhelmed. That we feel like I don't know how I'm going to take time to even spend with the Lord to sit down and pray or to read scripture or to just go for a calm walk and, and listen to the Lord. So I say this to say that uh, many of us have different uh, abilities or different capacity for how much we do. And I understand that. And I'm not saying that all of us need to become contemplative monks <laughs> by any stretch. But I would still say that it is good for most of us to take time, to slow down a bit, and to do the things that connect us with the Lord, whether that's going for a walk and praying whether that's reading scripture or having a meal with someone or slowly working on something in the shop while you reflect on what God is doing in your lives, that we take time to be with our Lord. The thing is, as we were talking about this last week, people came up after the sermon throughout the week and I could, the underlying question was, how do we do this? You know, how do we slow down? You know, because most of the stuff is either stuff we want to do or stuff we feel we should do, Right? I mean, there's a few things where we do, we don't want to do, but generally speaking, it's good stuff. It's stuff that needs to be done. How do we slow down? Where do we start? Maybe even the bigger question is, how do we get back to finding meaning in the things that we're doing? That's why I love the Word of God. That's why I love what Jesus said. If you would open your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 11. It's also in your bulletin here, this white sheet. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Or if you have the white sheet, here, let's read it together. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says to them, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
And as I was reading that, I've been reading that for the last few weeks, reflecting on that passage. And I was noticing here is for us, you know, how do we, where do we start if we want to slow down, if we want to have a better balance in our lives of how busy we are? And there's three things in here that Jesus says. First thing he says is, one, come to me. Then he says, take up my yoke. And the third thing he says is, learn from me. Do these things and you will find rest for your soul. Do these things and you will have times where you stop long enough to let your soul catch up to you. The first thing that he says, and I think this is one of the most important, he says, come to me. When you are weary and heavy burdened, come to me. This is crucial because this is where we start. This is the starting point. If we don't start in the right spot, it's hard to end up in the right spot. See, the thing is, when we get busy, how tempted are we to find rest in other places? I can tell you from my own experience, when I've had a really busy day, it's really tempting for me to plop down on the couch and watch a TV show for, some, like for an hour or something. Just shut off the brain. Take a rest. How many of you are tempted when you're really busy? Oh, I need a break. I need to sit down. I need to, to, to scroll through the Internet. I need to look at Facebook and see what my kids are doing or what my friends are doing or what, who's, what they're eating for dinner or something like that. Those are kind of like just like distractions, not necessarily good or bad, but they're distracted, distracting. Some of us, sometimes we get really busy and we do things that aren't so constructive. Have a few drinks to take the edge off. Or some other addiction. Something to take our mind off how busy we are, how anxious we feel about it. We're tempted to go all sorts of other places, but Jesus says, come to me. Come to Jesus when we feel overwhelmed with how busy we are. When it feels unhealthy that we're so busy. Come to Jesus. But then he says, come to me, and he says, take my yoke upon you. Does that seem confusing to anybody? You want rest? And Jesus says, come take my yoke? You know, like yoke, like the thing you put on oxen to pull a plow, yoke. Does that seem sort of surprising to anybody? If you want rest, come put on this implement of work. Come put this on. Surprising to me, at least. And when I'm reading, I'm thinking, you know, are you sure you don't mean come sit down on my lazy boy and learn from me, and then I will give you rest for your souls? I'm, are you sure, Jesus, you mean yoke? I hear this because I hear Jesus saying that he's not just saying come and sit down and you know, like a bump on a log, but he's saying take up my yoke. I would say versus the yoke of this world. The yoke of this world that we take up of this world that says you have to, you're not really valuable unless you're producing something. That you're not really important as a person unless you're accumulating stuff or accomplishing something. the yoke of this world often says the life is about how much, how much you have or how long your to-do list is and how many things you've checked off. And then when we get absolutely exhausted with that, we crash, sit down on the couch and watch a TV show, 
have a few drinks to take the edge off, whatever it might be. The yoke of this world is killing us. We talked about that some last week. But Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. The yoke of his work. The yoke that Jesus has given us that says that our value is not derived from how much we produce or what we accomplish, but through the cross, through grace, through what he's done. The cross of Christ, or the the yoke of Christ, that, that says that our life is not dependent on how much stuff we have here. Not that we would store up treasures here, but that we would store up treasures in heaven. Jesus says, come and take my yoke upon you. And I'll give you rest. But then Jesus says this next thing. He says, he says, come to me, take up my yoke, and then learn from me. Learn from me. And I started reflecting on what sort of things does Jesus do in the Gospels? What can we learn from Jesus? So I was thinking about it, like I said this last week, you know, there's nowhere in the Gospels do I read where Jesus says, when, when the person who is sick or, or needs healing comes to him and, and says, you know, Lord, heal me, nowhere does it say, or I've found at least, or does it say that Jesus says, you know, I'm sorry, I can't right now, I'm really busy. Or nowhere does it say that Jesus quickly wrapped things up in Nazareth because he had to hurry on to the next town because he wasn't sure if he was going to get everything done that day. I haven't found those parts in Scripture. <laughs> So I'm, I, as I, what I have heard of Jesus, that he moved uh, with God at the pace of his father. He was unhurried and yet still very productive. So what can we learn from him? Well, one of the first things that we can learn from him is that he practiced devotion to God. He practiced devotion. And there was lots of things as you read through the Gospels, different devotion, the ways he was de- uh, devoting time to God. But two are important, I think, especially if we're feeling too busy. One of them, the first was Sabbath, practicing rest, a day of rest. Practicing a time when you would get together with other believers in worship. A day when you would set time aside for recreation for reflection on what God is doing in our lives. A day of rest. How many of us is it hard to take a whole day for rest? Trusting that if we go home, this, say for example, if we go home this afternoon and we just go for a walk or take a nap or sit down and read scripture for a bit, or have a good meal with friends that takes two or three hours. Trusting that God would still cause the world to spin. That our lives wouldn't just fall apart. That all the stuff that we know we have to do, trusting that it will wait till tomorrow. Jesus practiced Sabbath. They have rest. It's interesting, in Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 4, 16, it says that he went in Nazareth, he went to, this, uh, to the synagogue on the Sabbath, as was his custom. He did it regularly. It wasn't just one uh, spur-of-the-moment Saturday where he went and did it. It was regularly Jesus did this. 
Taking a day of rest is a good practice for us, devoting it to God. It goes right against our, our belief that we have to do more and more and more and more and more and accomplish more and more. It's great. Work like crazy the other six days of the week. But take a week, or take, sorry, take a day where we rest and we reflect on what God is doing. The first thing, so that's the Sabbath. But the second thing that I realized as I read through the Gospels, one of Jesus' devotions, was spending time with God in prayer. And I think, you know, Jesus talked about, like, I'm always at my father's work. My father is always at work. And he talked about his constant relationship with him. And this part I get. Like, this is something that I do, and as I've talked with many of you, that many of us do. We're going throughout the day, and something happens, and we pray. Something short, you know, Lord, please help in this situation. Or we think of a friend. Lord, please help them. Or we see some stranger that we've never met before. Lord God, I pray for your blessing over them. These short little prayers that just come up out of us, those are good. But I'm also interested in us for setting time aside to pray. Setting some time aside, maybe first thing in the morning, maybe in the middle of the day, maybe the last thing in the evening. Setting some time aside to pray. You know, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's two hours. But setting aside time to pray. I wrestle with this. It's kind of confession time, right? Your pastor wrestles with taking time to pray. Sorry. But I wake up in the morning and rush to get our kids to school. And then I start doing things and I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't sat down and, and prayed yet today. Or prayed for you, for many of you, the things that are going on in your lives or other people that we know. And it's tempting sometimes. I think, you know, I've got a lot to do. Maybe I should just wait on that. Without really thinking about it, believing that I would be more effective, like, I don't know, checking my email for 20 minutes than I would for praying for 20 minutes. Sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud, doesn't it? How much more productive I am when I'm praying than when I'm actually doing something. It's interesting because Jesus prayed a lot too. Set times aside. It's in Luke uh, 5.16 when it said that Jesus often went out to desert places to pray. It wasn't just uh, a few times, it was often that he went out to desert places, to deserted places to pray and spend time with his Father. So one of the ways that we do this is by practicing devotion to God and Two suggestions. I mean, there's lots of others, but two suggestions are practicing Sabbath and praying. Not only praying throughout the day, but setting time aside to pray. The other thing that I was, as I've been thinking about this too, is practicing devotion, but also practicing gratitude or practicing giving thanks to God. I was thinking about it. One of the thing, I think one of the things that makes us so busy is our ambition for more and more stuff, our ambition to upgrade the things we have. I wrestle with this all the time. Oh, it'd be nice if we just had that. Or it'd be nice if I finished this on our house or added this to it. And it takes up time. It's interesting. I, there's, I know a guy who was retired and upgraded his landscaping just his landscaping, and he had to go back to work. I mean, that's kind of an extreme example, but the way that we want more and more, 
then it means we have to go back to work or we have to do more and more to take care of it. It's interesting. Uh, it's funny, I was thinking of this lyric from an Alanis Morissette song where she says, it's not getting what you want, it's wanting what you got. How that could take the pressure off of us to thank God for what we have. Thanking God for what he's done. How that takes the pressure off of thinking, I need, this, I need to improve this or I need to get another one of those or more of that. So that's the second thing, is practicing thank, or giving thanks to God. Practicing devotion to God, practicing giving thanks to God. The last thing that I was thinking about uh, was practicing walking with God in life. Practicing walking with him. And, and I think about using these two words intentionally, walking, or these three words, walking, moving at a walking pace, and with God. By walking, I mean doing some things. I mean, and don't get me wrong, there are times when we need to work hard and we need to work quickly. I'm not, I'm not you know, saying anything against that. But I am saying that there are times when we can move at a walking pace. And actually, many of us would do better if we would live a bit more at a walking pace. Rather than sprinting all the time, going uh, full throttle all the time, just spend some time at a walking pace. I'm not saying stopped, <laughs> you know, dead in your tracks. I'm saying move at a walking pace. Where we can move slow enough to see what God is doing. We can move slow enough to hear what God is saying. Move at a walking pace. Yesterday, I was working at a walking pace. So, <laughs> on like all, all this last week, I've been thinking about Saturday. I don't have any plans. I'm going to get some stuff done on the house. And just each day, my list would grow and grow. And no, I can't do that. I want to do that. I don't have time for this, so I'm going to do that. And so I wake up Saturday morning. Uh, we slept in because I was up late on Friday. Um, which was good. Not a good start if you want to get things done, but moving at a walking pace. Um, some friends called and said, hey, can we talk? I said, yeah, we'd love to. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, well, there goes two hours. <laughs> so they come over for lunch, and I'm grateful they did. It was great. I wouldn't have missed it. So then I had time from nine until noon to go downstairs and work on on our uh, extra bedroom for our, our uh, parents are coming for Shannon's birthday. And Tracy said, like, let's try and get this done, this room, just this room done, so when they come, it's finished. So there's a deadline. And so I go down there, and I start work, working at a walking pace. There's been times when I've been down there, like, rushing like crazy, especially when I was putting the flooring in, you know, and I'd cut one piece and figure out I'd cut it wrong and go back and cut it again and figure out I'd cut it wrong again and cut it again. So when I'm rushing, it's not much faster for me. But yesterday morning, I was moving at a walking pace. While I was painting, I was reflecting on some of the things that are happening in your lives, some of the things that are happening in our church and the community around us. I was singing sometimes, just humming. Sometimes I was praying for some of you for things that are happening. I was working at a pace where I could do these things moving at a walking pace. 
But I also want to add this important part of walking or working at a walking pace, but with God. Because we can get so busy doing stuff. And I was talking with a friend of mine this week and we were talking about how we can get so busy doing stuff for God that we realize we aren't really doing anything with God. And it can happen. One of the, like, the worst places it happens is in a church. We get on this committee and that committee and this project and that project and this ministry and our lives are up to here. And it's all good stuff. We start feeling, I'm, you know, I've had people, I mean, I've even felt it myself, I started feeling a little bit resentful or angry with what I'm doing or I don't really, I'm doing it, but I don't really care about the people I'm trying to help. That's doing things for God, but not with God. It's important for us to walk with God. To make sure that we are building his kingdom and not ours. That's something I wrestle with all the time. Focusing on God and building his kingdom and not ours. But when we're working, we can watch for where God is at work. When we're walking with God, we can see him show up in places we never expected. Uh, Eugene Peterson, who was a pastor and a professor at Regent where I studied, he had a book called God Plays in 10,000 Places. And the point is that, you know, sometimes we get duped into thinking that you know, the only place you can find God is Sunday morning at church or Monday morning when I'm at my table reading the Bible. Truth is, God is at work everywhere. God is constantly at work throughout our community, throughout the world. If we'll just move slow enough that we can see him. If we can have that take that time to build that relationship with him that we see him in conversations. We see him in little things that just happen. We say, oh, I see where you're playing here, God. We don't see those things so well when we're flying right by. It's good for us to walk with God. One of the examples I feel of, like my walking with God is when I'm, when I'm here during the day in the office. And uh, someone will come in and they'll sit down and say, hey, do you have a minute? And, I've, you know, lots of stuff I'm working on. And, and I, I always, yeah, I always say, yeah, of course I do. And I just put all the stuff I'm working on, I just put it aside for a moment and listen. Listen sometimes for 10 minutes, sometimes for two hours. And just listen. Wondering, you know, Lord, where do you, what are you up to in their life? Where are you at work here? Oh, there I see. Here's where I see where you're at work. That's working with God. You know, because I could say, you know, I'm sorry, actually, you know what, I don't really have time right now. I'm working on some email. <laughs> How much more fruitful is it for me to be walking with God? To be attentive to people when they come. They say, can I talk for a bit? I think about, too, what a rare gift that is to give someone. I don't know about you, but most people seem like they're too busy. It's interesting, even as like many of you often say to me, Jason, I know you're busy. I'm sorry. Can, you just, can I just talk to you for a minute? Don't be sorry. You're my priority. 
the email, the, all that other stuff. That's not my priority. You are. But we're trained because most people are too busy to listen. You know, we sit down and we try to talk with them about what's going on in our life and they treat it like minute lube. Well, here's your problem. Go fix it this way. See you later. I got stuff I need to do. What a rare gift it is to set down the things that you're working on for 20 minutes or two hours and listen. Listen for how you hear God at work in their life. What do you hear God saying to you as you listen to their story? This is what I mean by walking with God. The God is at work all over the place if we'll just listen, take the time and watch. So last week we were talking about hurried, how hurried we get, how overwhelmed some of us feel. And they came to this question of, so where do we start? What is the next step we take? I pray this morning that as we hear the word of God, as we listen to what Jesus said, that when we come to him, we take up his yoke and we learn from him. And the things that we learn from him are practicing devotion to him, setting time aside to devote, or to, for devotion to him. Practicing giving thanks so that we aren't constantly on the hamster wheel trying to make more and more. And practicing walking with God. Paying attention where he's at work, not only in our lives, but in the lives of people around us.